0: Coming up. What an excellent day for smiling. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 67 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark.
1: And I'm Keenan Diaz.
0: And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Kinderman saying, Some unconscious rebellion. And it ends
1: with Kinderman saying, do you like movies?
0: Indeed. Everyone likes movies in this story. You got Willie <laughs> and Carl going to the movies. You got Chris, who's a big movie star. What is this, agenda by big movie? <laughs> anyway, um, so Kinderman is revealing himself to be a little more savvy, a little bit more clever than he's first appeared. He knows who Karis is. He's even read that paper that Karis wrote, and he's coming here to see if maybe, just maybe, Karis might have any more information. Now, Keenan we already know that Kinderman is not all that he appears to be. I never really thought about it before, but I guess we got to ask ourselves this. Even though Kinderman is saying that he sought Karis out because he's the psychiatrist and would know who was sick at the time and who wasn't, as he says, you think he's also come to check Karis out as well? Or am I administering movie shorthand here with a cop coming to question someone? Because it's like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but when a cop comes to question someone in a movie, they are almost always connected in some way or are going to be. Mm -hmm. So for Kinderman to be questioning Karis about this is almost like a hint to us that he's going to be involved in it later. Maybe not now, but soon. Uh, I guess that's two questions. <laughs>
1: uh, right. I guess to answer the second one, like the, that's the exception that proves the rule, right? Where we have a um, a Hannibal Lecter who is mm. being, um, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Clary Starling goes to see Hannibal Lecter. Right. And we, they are not connected, right? Hannibal Lecter is mm. not connected to the, um the to Buffalo, case. Bill. The Buffalo Bill, yeah. Bill case, yeah. Um, so that is so rare, right? That, that it was like, oh, that's so interesting. That's so new. That's mm-hmm. so fresh, right? So yeah, I, I think, I think that yeah usually that means that this guy is the murderer or he's protecting the murderer etc right when the detective comes right to right um but then i don't yeah i i didn't think about any of the stuff you're talking about where like kinderman is um thinking it could be karis like that hadn't crossed my mind until we started looking at this bit by bit hmm. because i think when we're doing this we're also trying to get into each character's um you know, hidden motivations in their given circumstances, et cetera. Like if we had to play each of these characters and right. if I had to play Kinderman, absolutely I'm there because I think Karis is the murderer or could be, could be the murderer or is mm. hiding
0: something. So you think that Kinderman might be suspecting in the back of the, back of his mind that, that Karis has something to do with it. Right.
1: If I'm playing Detective Kinderman and it's not Lee Jacob, the great legendary method actor, <laughs> it's right. <best> me. <laughs> certainly I'm thinking, well, like, no, I'm trying to see if this guy is the murderer. Mm. Mm. mm
0: right um that crossed my mind as well um maybe because i know the book so well and i know the story so well it mm-hmm. it, it it as soon as it entered my mind i was like no no that can't possibly be but i mean mm-hmm. it, again just trying to see it with fresh eyes trying to um watch it as if i were one of those people in 1973 in the theaters i was like does he think that he did it or yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. And then also just the, the kind of the, the cagey way that uh Karis is handling the conversation makes me a little bit suspicious as well. Right. Well, in any case, Karis is onto him. I like this too. You notice, folks, from the moment these two meet, there's this friendly tennis match going on, right? Again, we walked past tennis courts before. Exactly. I think I said before that the banter between Karis and Kinderman is one of my favorite things in the book. Um they both seem to slip so easily and quickly into this role almost as if this isn't their first meeting um and it makes me wonder Kenan we don't really get to see Karis outside of the story I mean I, we don't get to see him when he's uh not grieving over the death of his mother when he's mm-hmm. not undergoing a crisis of faith when uh like what's he like when the world isn't shit <laughs> like, like is he
1: fun to be around <laughs> yeah like like
0: is this friendly banter with a detective maybe a glimpse of regular Karis coming Mm -hmm. back for a bit.
1: Right, the only other indication we have that is with, uh, doc- uh, oh God, Professor Doctor, uh, um, <laughs> Professor Doctor, Fa- Captain Father Captain Father Dyer. <laughs> right, That's Mister Professor Doctor Captain Father Dyer. <laughs> oh man, I would love. to, I need to get more, Esquire. <laughs> yeah, <they> need. <laughs> I need to get more little add-ons to my name. It's not. It's not fancy enough. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. So when he's talking to Professor Dyer, <laughs> <laughs> right? He, they have a little bit of a of a, a back and forth, but we still, as you say, only see it when it's when it's sort of covered in grief, right? Right, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, if I had to think about, like, my my uh, dominant memory of The Exorcist, I'd be like, no, I don't think Damien would be really very cool to go to the movies with or to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to go to the zoo with Father Karras and yeah. talk about things. I don't know. I don't think I'd like to be around him very much.
0: <laughs> it's weird. Like, like, and we were talking about this on the April Fool's episode yeah. uh, with Chris McNeil just being like, just always, you know, hysterically. <laughs> Just a Veronica Cartwright all the oh, time, right, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but
0: it's like, so, so is Karis just an Edgar Allan Poe, just like sitting at the zoo, just like looking at the ravens, just being like, oh god, oh, you god. know,
1: this is about my girlfriend or or the <laughs> girlfriend I wanted to have, <laughs> and how she died.
0: <laughs> Someone is like, hey sir, do you have the time? And he just puts his face in his hands and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> and he runs away.
1: That's right. Annabelle Lee used to know the time.
0: but nevermore (laughs) god um but no like like what's he like with his boxing buddies right because we know he boxes like what's he like what's he like with tom when they're going out and having a drink and he's not you know trying to quit the priesthood (laughs) right like i i that that just kind of like fascinates me. Um and I and I wish I I, I wish we had like some more glimpses into it. like because obviously if if Legion, the 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 book that comes after this, is anything to go by, right? Like Karis is a likable guy. People like him. People uh uh you know grieve after he's gone. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Um <laughs> and, and and Chris likes him immediately, and Kinderman likes him immediately, and Dyer likes him. All of these people like him. Mm-hmm. So like what is it about? Like, and and I think we're we're coming on to it. Is the is you know this little this little smile that we see a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we're gonna get to that.
1: Well, you know, people say all sorts of crazy things about other people when they die. <laughs> they, they they make up how wonderful they were.
0: <laughs> Harris was just he was so like heart of gold. Yeah. Do you remember that time when he helped the homeless guy in the subway? He. <laughs> When he totally did that, he actually helped the... Like, it's there. You just go back and rewind the film and see it. He he helped that guy. He was like, let's go to Denny's. And...
1: And and the homeless guy was like, "No, father, that's okay. I don't want to take up your time." Right. Was, no, I insist. We are mm-hmm. going to Denny's. We are having mm-hmm. moon over my hammies, yeah. both of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the end of Heart of Darkness, right? Uh-huh. Is um is uh he goes and he talks to Kurtz's widow and says uh-huh. that his last words were of you because that's of course what she would want. But his last right. words were the horror, the horror. So that's you know what are you gonna t- are you gonna tell her that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this got dark. Um, how many people's last words are just "fuck"?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what their last words are. Right? Absolutely, mm-hmm. they are. Oh, I can feel myself starting to shit because that's what happens. <laughs> oh, that's,
0: no, that's no. I exactly meant. I meant happens. no, Keenan. I meant like as an as an exclamation. <laughs>
1: No, I know. I'm saying that 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 death is not pretty. If no. you want it to be pretty, and, and yes, yeah. yeah, most most last words are are like that. Um, I mean, I, I think Steve Steve Jobs, yeah, Steve Jobs' last words were, "Oh wow, oh wow, oh wow." Well,
0: I mean, that could
1: be <laughs>
0: maybe he's seeing something really, really great.
1: Sure. <laughs> I think he's experiencing something that is unnameable and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. that's nicer, I don't know, whatever that, that's a glass half full, half empty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Well, he's not saying, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no.
1: <laughs> but I'm sure people do. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. We just want people, you know, we want, we want, um, yeah. To be remembered <laughs> by these, these nice things. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Sure.
1: Um, but, you know, I, I have been around many teachers,
0: uh-huh.
1: not just here at my program, but all over the country. I've, I've known a lot of them. And That's what
0: they say at the start of class. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no.
1: <laughs> and I've seen very popular teachers, you know, pass away. I've seen very unpopular teachers pass away. And uh-huh. and I realized that uh, a little while back um, uh, where an unpopular teacher died and, and like the obituaries and everything was still like beloved teacher, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, how do you not say that in the obituary?
0: Well, he's got to be beloved by somebody,
1: sure. <laughs> sure. But I mean, like, he got the same kind of news coverage as as the professors that like that like people came out of the woodwork and like cried, like I can't believe it. Like, like I think just you know, um, I think it's a good reason to get into teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that you're, you can be sure, Lester, that your obituary <laughs> will mention that you are beloved by your students. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I that the only reason. Um, <laughs> From two teachers, folks, your obituary is going to come out smelling like roses or sounding like roses. That doesn't make any sense. Right. It does if you're an English lit teacher because you can make
1: anything mean anything. Um, Yeah. But what are they going to say about Damien when he's dead? Like, like, oh, he was really hard to be around.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was sad all the way to the end.
1: Right. He
0: died doing what
1: he liked. Dying. (laughs) Right. So, I yeah, I don't know. Um, certainly Father Dyer, I and mean, that can't be the obituary either. Like, he was liked by at least one priest. <laughs> Father Dyer. That's just a quote,
0: you know, like it's, it's you know, here lies, here lies Damien Karras. And then underneath his, his quote is like, well, Father Dyer likes me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. In my, in my head, canon, canon, mm-hmm. I think, I think, uh, uh, Father Karras is, I think Demi is, is, is a fun guy to be around mm-hmm. when the world isn't terrible.
1: Gotcha. So, I mean, there's sort of two options, right? Kinderman is bringing out the old Karis, as you're saying. Mm, or so. Kinderman is such a different type of person and such a charismatic person that he is allowing Karis to be um, happy-go-lucky in a way he's never been before.
0: Oh, he's like awakening something within yeah. Karis that's never been. Oh, okay. Because those are the
1: two options, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know which is the right one, but. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Wow. Well. Yeah, I bet he's just a pill normally. <laughs> Like, ah, this guy. All right, all
0: right. And you ask him, it's like, it's like, it's like, Karis, are, are you okay? And he just lights up in front of you. He's like, no, really? I'm fine.
1: Oh, God. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love doing this. I love yeah, no. moping.
0: Yeah. M- moping dimmy. That's what they call me.
1: <laughs> right. Back then there weren't any Tim Burton movies or Spencer's no. gifts. So he had to, <laughs> he had to do it on his own. Oh, he would fit right in. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: um <laughs> But yeah, okay, okay. I feel, I feel, I feel bad for poor Demi. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I feel bad for this fictional character that we're that we making fun of.
1: He's
0: we, we he, his life is bad enough, Keenan. We gotta leave him alone.
1: <laughs> oh no, he's a saint. All of his all of his yes. patients loved him so much, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, we, he will be missed. <laughs> that's why um, we see
1: so many friends around mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at, at, the, at his greatest time of need. That's why people are just lining up around the block to send mm-hmm, their condolences.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so that that was the alternate cut of the ending. <laughs> And was, Karisus uh, is like you know it's like coming to me, enter me, and then Father Dyer comes in there and he's like you'll have to get through me first, <laughs> and then Kinderman comes in there and me, right, right. and then some other priest is like and me, <laughs> and then another priest that he had like a fight with, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know you could tell that they're actually like good friends deep down and is like right. and me too, I forgive you, Dimmy. <laughs> Right, and they all and they all just like come together on behalf of uh,
1: right. of Dimi and Uncle and Tito's is there and don't forget me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you mess it with my nephew, you mess with <laughs> with all the Cariss's. Uh, okay, <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, right, Caris is onto our detective. Right, he like as as uh, Kinderman is describing why he's here. Right. And it's like, oh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, the type of person who would do this. And immediately Karis says, sick priest. Right. Is that it? And it's not even it's not a question. It's like it's like I know what you're getting at. Let's get to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like Kinderman's response because it's not a normal response. He he doesn't say yes or no. I think he also can feel that they're beyond that, right? This is, they're not like discovering new things. They're moving on to like new tactics. It's, it's like they got to follow the steps of the dance, even though their mind, in their minds, they both know that they're several steps ahead. Does right. that make any
1: sense? Absolutely. Right. It's a chess dance or something. It's yeah. A, a four dimensional chess dance.
0: <laughs> it's a four dimensional tennis, chess, um, uh, uh, poker. Cause they got poker faces, <laughs> uh, uh, fencing match. Right. Right. Um, In any case, like whatever it is, it's not like Karis says, sick priest, Kinderman doesn't stop and go, oh, my God, that's exactly what I was thinking. He knows Karis knows that that's where uh, he was going with this. So as soon as Karis sort of like jumps ahead in the script uh, in this little dance that they're playing out with words, he's like, look, father, this is hard for you. I guess what I'm trying to say is there are several bits of this dialogue that aren't said. And by not saying them, it shows us that we don't need them because we can still follow along. And it also gives us a little glimpse into like how much the characters already know. And I know it might be sounding like obvious or, or dumb here, but we've talked before about how in dialogue – Like in movies and plays, there's text and then there's subtext um, and also missing text, which can serve as subtext simply by what is not being said. Oh, I
1: like that. I haven't heard about missing text. Yeah, that's nice.
0: mm, Right. And by not saying that text, you realize suddenly it's like, oh, we didn't need that text why didn't we need that text oh for this reason for xyz right and like what you don't say whether because you don't need to or you don't want to says almost as much if not more about a scene and a character than what is actually being said right mm-hmm. like i'm trying to think of other instances where where the scene plays out counter to the dialogue like i uh, off the top of my head i can't think of any right now yeah. can you
1: not i can't think about that i'm thinking about this scene right like like um Sometimes detectives do this and it, it really bothers people when they do this, but like, it, it's very effective. So like Kinderman could come up to Karis and say like, you know, we got this desecration case. Did you do that? You know, and then mm. he, he could do that. Um, that, that is an effective detective, um, um, tactic, even though it's really, you know, because then what happens is Karis like, what? Absolutely not. Like the, and then you see the, re- the reaction, like, okay, right. this guy didn't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, But sometimes maybe why isn't he saying that? Is it because he thinks he did do it? Mm. Yeah. And that by by um, telling him, oh, I think it might be you. It it actually hurt his uh, his investigation. Right.
0: Right. There's also another like um, and maybe this is more a lawyer thing Mm -hmm. um, and maybe not even uh, practiced by um, uh, um, uh, best practice. Uh, lawyers, mm-hmm. but like th- that thing of like assuming the sale, it's like, okay, so after you murdered him, uh, what did you, you know, like, did you tie your left shoe
1: or your right, right. shoe, right? Oh, we went, a- to, we went to Denny's. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Moon's over my hammock. You, you gotta check it out. <laughs> but yeah, so like in any case, uh, Kidderman finishes this with... I understand. Mm-hmm. He's he's trying to show Karis that he understands his predicament. He empathizes with him. You know, Here we go again with that like Dale Carnegie, mm-hmm. like how to win friends and influence people stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, but for priests on the campus here, you're the psychiatrist. Now, I feel like we've been talking about Karis being the psychiatrist for a while, almost since we met him. But I mm-hmm. think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's just because we already know the story. Is this the first bit of spoken exposition in the film about him being a psychiatrist?
1: Um, I don't
0: no, think so. no, no, hmm? uh, no, I'm, I'm realizing now, um, it's it, it, at the party, uh, when they're all sitting on the floor and you yeah. got, uh, father Dyer standing in for Jesuit Dean and he's <laughs> like, Oh yeah, he's the, he's the psychiatrist. There.
1: Right, right. Absolutely. Right. And, but then even before that, like that's, that's because, uh, Chris has seen him, uh, Ministering to—I uh, guess it's a question—is he ministering to the other prince? Uh, the, oh God, the prince priest father doctor. He's, right. he's the, ministering the, the, the to the priest father other... known as. as prince. <laughs> he's on Halloween. He's ministering or uh, oh shoot, that's the or question. Was he like, being ministered to? Right, um, yeah. but is he? I'm saying ministering, but I'm trying to think of the verb for therap. Therapizing. Oh, counseling. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good, that's a much better word than <laughs> therapizing. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Chris thinks that it's a minister and a minister. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a confessional or something. Mm-hmm. And then Father mm-hmm. Dyer tells us that no, he's the psychiatrist, right? Right.
0: Okay, yeah. okay.
1: Um, Even then that's pretty to your point that's pretty late. Yeah. Right. So so we've seen the movie and we know he's a doctor so we're thinking of it in those terms but yeah, when does the audience first know that like fresh?
0: Yeah. Um but no, I always like that kind of exposition in movies. Like mm-hmm. like in Roger Rabbit, Eddie Valiant has that whole thing in his office, like there's no dialogue and the camera pans across the empty desk and the photos of him and his brother and then later Roger tries to sit in in the chair and he's like get out of that chair, right? Mm-hmm, right. And then he says quieter is like that's my brother brother's chair and before that we've seen that he doesn't like tunes he hates tunes he used to be a funny goofy guy but not anymore and and maybe for other folks that's all they need but i needed that extra like little monologue about how a tune killed his brother um like like maybe as an older viewer i could have suspected it but like younger me needed it um and older me still appreciates it so i think what i'm trying to say is Even though we've had it confirmed that Karis is a psychiatrist, uh, like in a couple of different, like in a a subtle way, and then we've Mm -hmm. also had Father Dyer mention it without Karis being on screen. I like that we get that third time with Kinderman saying, you're the psychiatrist here. Just like, you know, just to hammer it home, right? And And again, maybe that's me.
1: Oh, no, no. But yeah, this time it's plot. That's the reason why Kinderman is here. or At least Mm -hmm. that's the way that Kinderman says it, right? That he's here because he's a psychiatrist. Right. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, I, I, I am a screenwriting teacher. I mentor a lot of screenwriting students. And then it's useful, as I've said, like to you learn by teaching them. You're like, oh, yeah, remember that, Keaton. If you're going to tell these young people to <laughs> like this <laughs> nice rule, you better start doing it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like exposition Oftentimes, we think of doing it. Our, our instinct is to do it all at once, in like some big monologue at the beginning, or a big Star Wars right. scrawl, right, or a voiceover. But and,
0: Father Karras, you're the psychiatrist here, who's also going <laughs> under, uh, undergoing a crisis of faith, and your right. mother just died, and, uh, and you know you you got a foot in two worlds: science and, and religion. And, uh, and it's
1: interesting because remember when you wrote that paper on <laughs> on black mass? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's weird. You bring that up; I haven't thought about that in years. <laughs> <laughs> right but instead we dole it out and we're, yeah um and and we 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 can do little bits of it right that makes it feel mm. not only just like more realistic, I, I, I struggle to use that term, um, um, more realistic to how we would discover that in real life, but also it's like little little breadcrumbs and people have mysteries themselves, right? It's not just like who killed who, like you get to know somebody and they're mysterious. And that's what draws Chris to Father Karras, um, right. is that he's mysterious. It seems like he has, he has things going on behind his eyes.
0: He does, he does. And even if it's not a mystery, as you say, people have like facts about them that- like they wouldn't mind talking about, but just like in the span of the movie, they just don't. Right. right. Like, mm-hmm. how do we know that, that um, Kinderman isn't a vegetarian? <laughs> right. We'll never know. Like, like that's it, it, because it, it, it's not germane to the movie and, and mm-hmm. he doesn't bring it up. Right. Right. And I also want to say, I really like what the camera is doing here, how it's, how it's following these two as they make their way down this path. This, this has to be a, dolly shot am i right
1: well i think we are dollying and zooming at the same time so ah. it's both of those things together
0: okay one of, start, days, yeah. one of these days
1: <laughs> no i mean there's a lot of complicated things going on in it's a sophisticated mm-hmm. movie yeah so i think we're moving with them slightly up the path but as mm-hmm. they get way ahead of us we're also zooming in and it flattens the image out and um, and starts to get the, the building behind them out of focus
0: Interesting. I never even thought, like, that you could do, like, I mean, you've described it before Mm -hmm. uh, about how, like, doing Dolly and Zooming at the same time. Mm -hmm. But to me, it almost feels, maybe because I'm trying to figure it out, it's like, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are cheating. (laughs) I thought I had it.
1: (laughs) Right, they're walking and talking at the same Uh time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. All right, anyway. But, uh, yeah, so whatever, whatever this is. So it's a dolly and a zoom. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like, again, like we're in the scene with them, right? Mm-hmm. We're someone on the path walking a little ways behind them. And right. it's really subtle here, folks, or or at least to me, but notice how the camera stops before Karis stops. Mm-hmm. So, so Kinderman is talking uh, and he says that Karis is the psychiatrist. He should know who was sick at the time and who wasn't this kind of sickness. I mean, he'd know that. And somewhere in between when he finishes talking and before Karis stops walking, the camera stops following them. It, it, like, it just stops. And maybe half a second later, Karis stops. And mm-hmm. I just imagine there's got to be a reason for that, like a, a mechanical reason, a logistical reason. Sure. But it also speaks to me on a level without uh, uh, any words. I, I guess that's the only way I can put it. Mm-hmm. It, it it works cinematically but it's also somehow as if we can feel Karis's mood. Right. And and we stop just before he turns around because we already know how he's feeling about what Kinderman said. It's like, it's like, you, when you're when you're with a group of friends and uh, one of them says something to the other one, and you know that that's like a triggering thing for the other person, <laughs> and you kind of like you know you stop talking, you 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 put your drink down, you mm-hmm. look, you know, it's like ah, uh, like like you know what's coming.
1: Yeah, because um, we're we're it's like we're seeing through Karis's head, right? Because we we're getting their back, so that little move mm-hmm. is helping us, uh, you know. Um, so we don't have to cut and see what why that's triggering Karis to stop. We sort of get the idea that the camera's you know tipping us off in that direction. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and yeah. To to that point, it feels like Kinderman understands how mm-hmm. he's feeling as well. There's like this brief pause after Karis says, "I don't know anyone who fits that description." Right. After which, Kinderman just responds, "Ah," and he turns away. And it's it's this interesting power dynamic shift here. For for a while, you could say that they were equal. That they you know they were walking side by side. But you, you could also say that. Kinderman was pursuing Karis like needling him with all these questions and finally Karis has had enough and he stops and 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 that's not something you normally do when someone is is chasing you mm-hmm. so so yeah, like Kinderman says, ah and he moves away. he sort of walks away and he looks back. I like that little look back like these 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 two are constantly sizing each other up right, right? like even even in between the dialogue they're looking to see, You know, uh, how their their words have landed on Mm -hmm. each other. Right. And if you notice, when Kinderman breaks eye contact and moves away, Karis follows him all the way to the next shot. Mm -hmm. Kinderman looks and sees. Yes, he's still looking right at me. Right. Um, And he says, doctor's ethics. And now it's Karis who's pursuing. As Kinderman leans on that little railing, Karis is not only following with his eyes, but with his body now too. Which makes me wonder, like, is he pursuing or is Kinderman leading again, right? Like, like, has he pulled another trick?
1: Right, that Dale Carney thing or whoever you were saying, right? He stops walking. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's like, oh, I'm going to follow you to your next appointment, Father Karis, right? Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. now Kinderman stops walking in and then Damien uh, follows him, right? Right. <laughs> so he's yeah. got him in his little trap. <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. The patented Kinderman track. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so, so Karis agrees. He says, no, I probably wouldn't. And then we cut to a very interesting camera angle here. Uh, So much going on, although I can't put my finger on what I can, I can tell that this is an important shot. Um, I'm going to try to break it down, Keenan, and Mm -hmm. you tell me if I'm hot or cold. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got Kinderman in the foreground. Uh, Karis in the background. So already the sizes are different. I I remember what you said about like taking a 3D picture and making it 2D, right? Right. So Karis is smaller. Um, We also have them like in this uh, second picture at least facing each other. So uh, Kinderman is facing right and Karis is facing left, right? Even though Kinderman isn't really looking at him here, right? He's looking at the wall or the ground or whatever. It seems as though they are facing each other. And then lastly, just the position of the camera. Again, as if we are a third party sort of like joining in on this secret talk away from the rest of the world. What do you think?
1: Yeah. If we were in the quad, we wouldn't be able to see any of these two men's faces, right, if we were just right. walking by. Um, and it, I like it because it's it's uh, Damien in the background looking at, at uh, Detective Kinderman, but he can't mm-hmm. really see Detective Kinderman's eyes. So, no. so we get more information from both of their faces than either of them are getting. So it's like they're both um, – we can see both of their plotting.
0: Mm, yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a really good way of putting it, right? Like neither of them – are seeing each other as much as we are seeing both of them.
1: Right. And we could see, oh, that look what that does to Kinderman. Oh, look what that does to Karis. And um, we could see them regrouping after little failures.
0: Mm. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Um, So now Kinderman mentions that a shrink In sunny California, no less. Mm -hmm. I love how he adds this, as if as if it were important, right? But again, I think that's Kinderman's uh, style, his his schmaltz, Mm -hmm. right? Like he makes it, he he's 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 on duty, but he acts as if he's always getting distracted, Mm -hmm. like like if he were describing a murder that happened at a restaurant he would also go out of his way to say something about the food right
1: (laughs) best oysters Rockefeller Mrs. K ever had yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) he would always bring Mrs. K (laughs)
1: and
0: you would think like like, what does that have to do with anything like just like what does California have to do with anything but it's all calculated it's all designed to like discombobulate you I love it Um, but yeah he says a shrink in sunny California was put in jail hint hint for not telling what he knew about a patient
1: yeah there's a lot of east coast movies in the 70s that that uh point out california is this kind of utopia or in the case of like woody allen movies making fun of that idea of mm-hmm. um so woody allen Annie hall says i don't want to live in a city where the only cultural advantage is you can take a right turn on a red light like like <laughs> everyone's talking about how great california is and he does not get it at all but mm-hmm. a lot of the movies of the 70s um 60s and 70s are about how New York specifically is crumbling, and Friedkin mm. has two of those movies in um, right. The French Connection and, um, and The Exorcist. I had to trouble remembering the name of the movie that I'm watching right <laughs> <Reinhardt>. now. <laughs> Welcome French to connection. The French Connection Minute. <laughs> yeah, The French Connection. Welcome Exorcist. to a Scary Girl Possessed by a Demon <laughs> Minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> scary Girl Mama Can't Help Minute. <laughs> Um,
0: With Schmaltzy detective and sad priest,
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is you know Blatty is a is a Washington person and a New York person, and and so Kinderman is um, I think representing that New York mm. idea as well. Like um, oh California, we should all move to California. Oh sunny California, California. sunny California,
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> nah. guys. It's um don't come to California.
1: please. <laughs> Why is that?
0: There's too many people here.
1: <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's not
0: as good. It's 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 not like what you what what you've been told. Um, <laughs> you've been you've been sold um, a, a bill of goods that that does not match up.
1: Oh well, you know, I I like calculating or you know uh, tracking this kind of thing, um, cataloging mm-hmm. this type of thing of like what is the city of the future. So mm. in the 30s it is New York and they built the the uh, Empire State Building and so King Kong goes to New York right. and it's like that's the city of the future and mm-hmm. um and it's that way for a while and you know Europe and and Asia are struggling to rebuild so there's not many cities of the future there mm-hmm. and then it becomes Los Angeles right in the, in the mm-hmm, 50s mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah Hollywood and the suburbs there and Disneyland and that's the city of the future and right. um and then that, that, t- uh, for a little while in the nineties, there's a couple of movies that, that talk about Vegas where we grew up as a city of the mm-hmm, future, mm-hmm. like leaving Las Vegas and like leaving LA, how terrible it is. And like, you go to Vegas and like, wow, this is the new place. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, and then it was Dubai and I guess it's now Seoul Hmm. Like if you think about like, what is the, what is the most modern best place in the entire universe? It's Seoul mm-hmm. I think. Well, there we go. Yeah.
0: So yes, anybody, anybody who is, uh, is thinking of, um, Moving out here to sunny California, to Los Angeles, and crowding up our 405 even more. Uh, Move to Seoul. <laughs> anyway, so a very quick Google search tells me that a psychiatrist must tell police and or potential victims of an implied or impending crime. Right. But they do not have to divulge past crimes. Right. So I don't know if Kinderman's statement here is true or just empty bluster.
1: Um, well, you know, getting a getting arrested and put into jail for something, even if they turn it over later, or, you know, overturn your your jail cell later, is um, still pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah,
0: it's on your record forever, and, and all yeah, that.
1: and you spend three or four days. In jail, jail, right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that's what I've been told. It's like, hey, uh, the psychiatrist, I tell my psychiatrist, oh, I killed my I killed my wife. And then that Mm -hmm. unfortunately, they have to keep it to themselves. But but I think I need to kill my neighbor because he's on to me about killing my wife that the psychiatrist Mm -hmm. has to tell the police about. Right. But I don't know what the rules are for for a priest.
0: Hmm, Is right? that why
1: he's going to say like, oh, um, you know, I, I could say it's a matter of confession because I'm a priest and a psychiatrist.
0: Right. Oh, shit. I, yeah, we're uh, now we've now we've opened up that box. We're going to have to we're going to have to look into
1: that. <laughs> Like uh, I have heard, you know, there I have I do know that like a priest um will say, like, I can't absolve you of future sins. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, hey, I'm going to go in and, and, and rob a place. Can you, you know, but I, I guess what? I don't have time to come back to confession tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> can you preach? I might you? not make it. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. That. Yeah. That's the more serious yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, but the priest can't do that. They can't say no. I can't resolve you a future. That's the same as like me telling you it's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. Like giving you like I'm blessing the crime. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah. That's that's not something you want. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I don't know legally what that means. Interesting.
0: Hmm. So yeah. So yeah. Not not entirely sure uh, about the authenticity of uh, Kinderman's statement here. Mm-hmm. Um. In any case, we do know that it is not a threat. Um, At least that's what he says next, right? Karis leans in and he asks, is that a threat? Mm -hmm. Now, folks, again... I want you to watch Jason Miller's face before he says this line. He's watching Kinderman closely as Kinderman is talking about the other psychiatrist who went to jail in sunny California, no less. Mm -hmm. And as Kinderman is talking, we see a smile slowly bloom on Karis's face. And I can say, God, it is so good to see this guy smile. Again, I know we said this before, but Karis smiling, Chris smiling, Reagan smiling, these moments are so rare (laughs) that when they happen, you're like, oh, there you are. This is what, you're like when things aren't terrible and it's like man i i would actually pay money to watch a movie set in like an alternate universe where where uh Chris Reagan, Caris, Marin, Dyer, and and everyone else was just having a nice time, like 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 they're all alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mama Karis is alive, and she and Demi have this have this uh, you know like funny thing where where she's like eat eat, and he's like I'm <laughs> fine, Mama, I'm fine, and, and she's like all the time boxing and running. Wife, why do you know why do you know find a, find yourself a girl, right, Mama? I'm a priest, a priest. He says, oi, Mama, that's that's blasphemy. It was blasphemy. But what about blasphemy? I want some grandkids, and and that's as bad. Bad. That's as bad as that drama ever gets. And 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 for Chris and Reagan, you, you know, they just moved to Washington, and so mm-hmm. Reagan's the new kid at school. She's got to deal with uh, uh, the hazing and the high school drama, and she she meets her match in Lisa Carmine. And oh, oh Lisa no. Carmine! Lisa <laughs> Carmine's a bitch, and she has a posse of girls that follow her around, and 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 they look just like her. And Reagan thinks she wants to get in with them and be part mm-hmm. of that group. Yeah. But Dr. Karis, the school counselor, teaches her. <laughs> Teaches her that just being weird, just being the weird, quirky, helium brain girl that she is, is way more attractive, and then she catches the attention of Rod Clifton <laughs> – Captain of the football team and and also Lisa's beau. What? (laughs) How could this happen? Rod Clifton asked me out to the prom and I have a zit. And that's the worst thing that happens in this universe and nobody dies and everybody's happy at the end. And Karis quits the the priesthood and marries Chris and mama gets her grandkid (laughs) and a a bigger, nicer house. I I, I guess we're just rewriting the Hallmark Christmas thing that we did. So so
1: then Dyer officiates, I suppose? Yes, of course, of course he officiates. Sharon and the horseman are the maid of honor. And, yes. and best mm-hmm. man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't even have to walk him down the aisle. You, you can ride him, you know? So,
1: and the little flower girl, like Pazuzu, is still there. Because they've they've uh, they've done an Iago and Aladdin too, and they've turned exactly. Pazuzu into like their little happy sidekick.
0: Yeah, he's come he's around. He's, he's come yeah.
1: around, and he's the flower girl, and he just sends out uh, St. <laughs> Joseph's medallions down the aisle. <laughs>
0: just hitting everybody on the head. It's like, ow, ow.
1: Ow, oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: he's still he's still a little devil right he's a scamp right he's a scamp yeah yeah um but no like that's the thing like i've known this about myself for a long time and i've just sort of like kept hush about it I, i guess i'm kind of ashamed to admit it right like i'll watch a movie about people i like being boring and happy. <laughs> like like I I really would watch 2 hours with these characters just like being happy in this universe. Like I imagine that deleted scene, you know, where where Chris uh takes Rags to all the the Washington sightseeing spots, right? Uh, like now imagine neither of them are worrying about a uh, death uh-huh. or or existential dread or divorce, right? Imagine they're just having a good time. And now imagine <laughs> Karis is there with them, yes. right? And, and and Carl and Willie and Sharon and the Horseman of course, <laughs> and and they all go to the famous sightseeing spots and they all have a picnic in the park and then they go home and mama Karis makes them some you know bogusta or some baklava and 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 burke comes over and he's nice and they're Mm -hmm. sitting and drinking coffee and it's just nice (laughs) i would pay money to watch a full two hours of that like like (laughs) like the first part of 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 alice doesn't live here anymore with ellen burston and her kid Uh uh-huh like they had troubles but this like mother-son relationship was just like so nice. And I remember thinking early on, if the rest of this movie is like this and it never gets any worse than this, there's no conflict, there's no drama, I would be fine with that. (laughs) Just a mom and her kid on a big old road trip, right? But Keenan, I don't know if I'm alone in this or or what. Have you ever just wanted to watch something nice and boring where people smile like our boy Karis is smiling right now where they just smile and nothing
1: happens? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I have game shows for that <laughs> that's what I watch is game shows and everyone's so happy and, and you know they, they, they like they get everyone up on sugar and coffee on the game shows and like even the people who lose they're like oh it was so fun to be here Leia Remini on the people puzzler I'm so terrible at crosswords but I love to be here <laughs>
0: Folks, I cannot, I cannot be alone in this. At least, at, like, at least lately, I've seen people mentioning this almost as, as like a new trend on TikTok or something. Just movies or shorts where nothing bad happens. Mm. Almost as like therapy. Like, like seeing characters that are famous for suffering, just having a nice time. If <laughs> you, if you agree with me. If you are on Team Lester for this, please write in the exorcist gmail.com or comment a uh, comment in uh, in our listener group and just tell me it's like yeah, I would love I would I, would you pay if 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 uh if, if we had the power and the technology and the resources and the money to to make an exorcist 2 and and, and forget this requel and, and
1: <laughs> But that's and, what you're doing is a requel.
0: Yeah, w- fine, whatever. <laughs> but mine's going to be better. Because it's going to have all the stuff we just described, right? And everyone's having a good time. Like, let me know if 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 you would like that.
1: But it has to be. You have to have seen these characters suffer first for it to, to matter to you, I guess. Like, it has to be something like this. It can't be like, oh, I don't know, like a Totoro, and then we just see Totoro right. again having no problems.
0: <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm happily imagining this because it's it's so therapeutic. After seeing these characters suffer. If it right. was just some Joe Schmo who was always happy, and then it's like, you know, uh AirBud 2 and the dog is still happy. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, you're still happy. That's great. Mm-hmm. You right. know. Yeah. I don't know. In any case, all I'm saying is that I would he's, watch a movie. He's
1: quite an abused dog in Airbud. You haven't seen Airbud. <laughs> I have not. Oh no. What he's he's an abused he's an abused dog in Airbud yeah.
0: are you saying the actor dog or the
1: character? No, dog? no, 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 not the real buddy. The okay. character of Buddy in in the um in Airbud. He's a his owner is a uh, Michael Jeter who's a circus uh, performer and he like he abuses Airbud to do tricks. Oh, that's how Airbud learns to play baseball or basketball.
0: Why does Michael Jeter, the most <laughs> likable guy in real life, like literally the uh, nicest most likable guy in real life, play these terrible people? <laughs>
1: I don't know cuz he went bald young and they're like, well, you're 20 and you're bald. So <laughs> sorry, you're a Even you're the a great clown.
0: Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh well. Okay. In, like in any case, all I'm saying is that that yeah, I would love I would love uh to to watch a movie uh, of, of these characters in an alternate universe where they all just have a good time and do nothing mm-hmm. and nothing too bad happens. Right. And I right. wouldn't even care if they had hot dogs for fingers.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, actually, actually, to that point, I, I want to watch that movie, the E.E.A.A.O. hot dog universe. Right. The Everything everywhere, all at once hot dog universe. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm so invested in that one story right see this is proof of what i'm saying i'm so invested in the universe where deirdre and evelyn were lovers right. and deirdre has someone to love her mm-hmm. I, I was so happy seeing them happy and yeah. i want to watch that whole movie for, for anyone who doesn't know right. uh, what we're talking about go see everything everywhere all at once you're gonna cry <laughs> over the hot dog universe <laughs> anyway um <clears throat> yeah let's get back to this scene um <laughs> asks as he's smiling that's that's what got us on this whole thing um Karis asks whether or not kinderman's implication was a threat kinderman immediately brightens up he's smiling too he says no he mentions it only in passing which it, like i could be wrong but that seems to be like a favorite line of his um i think he says it a little bit more in the book like only in passing right um and i can't remember if this is like the only time he says it in the movie we, we're you know we'll have time to to watch out for it um it, it may just be i'm remembering it because Karis here immediately throws it back at him right he says incidentally i'm mention it only in passing i could always tell the judge it was a matter of confession he then turns to go but and before he goes again notice how he clasps kinderman's arm this like small gesture telling him telling us so much telling us that this dialogue which in any other movie would have these these two set against each other uh, or, like in a much more adversarial mood but in this movie you come away from this scene like man these guys are Good for each other. Like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they met. These guys are going to be fast friends, uh, like, if they're not friends already. Kar- Karis walks away, but not without, like, a quick look back. And Kinderman looks after him, and then he looks down, and yes, he too has this, like, bright, warm, fuzzy smile. And I'm like, man... I want to see more of these guys, Keenan. Like, like, like. There's, a, there's a hot dog universe where they're together. Karis oh is, is my a, god! Oh. Yes. <laughs> Karis, Karis is a playwright.
1: They're, they're living
0: in a tiny one bedroom New York uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. But, Karis, but Karis is this close to winning that 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 Pulitzer Prize, <laughs> and, and and Kinderman is like this cynical and world weary uh, detective, right? Like all, all the murders and the evil people in the world, right? But when he comes home. To Karis, he brightens up, and they watch movies, mm-hmm. right? Because because Karis is the one that chases the clouds away, and 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 they they almost break up, but right. but but Kinderman finds the play, and he realizes that it's a love letter to him, uh, because the main character's name is. Billiam F. Manderkin.
1: <laughs>
0: and they get back together and right. we jump forward and we're with them in the audience on opening night. And Chris is in the play, right? She's the <laughs> female lead. I would watch that.
1: Right. I would too. Let's stop doing this. <laughs> yeah. <Right.
0: laughs> Welcome to the hot dog exorcist minute, folks. <laughs> Uh, uh, But yes, uh, that doesn't happen. Not in this universe um, uh, where we got bones in our fingers, uh, but but not in our brains, apparently. (laughs) Um, Our minute in this movie ends in a new shot as Kinderman runs after his friend
1: shouting, hey, father. So you're already calling them friends. (laughs) Yeah,
0: already, already. Um, I I can't help it. I absolutely can't help it. Um, And then he asks what I guess is an even more famous line of his, do you like movies? And folks- that is where our minute ends. That is all of my notes. Keenan, is there anything else?
1: No, I think we got it.
0: All right, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan-Clark. You can catch me on all the socials as Lester
1: Ryan-Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you could find me on Instagram and Letterbox as Howdy Keenan.
0: We got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Um, and, yeah, thanks so much to everybody who shared the show uh, by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen uh, to our show. We really appreciate it. That's going to help our little podcast grow. And find more cool people like you. Okay, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the, the power,
1: power of Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit compels compelling. you. What do you Um, see in a rabbit like that? He makes me laugh. laugh.
0: (laughs) What do you see in a priest slash psychiatrist like that? He makes makes me me (laughs) sad. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I just need to be bummed out.
1: There
0: have been a couple of times when he actually found his faith and I had to make him lose it again. Just to, you know. Just to keep things, you know, interesting.
1: Right. A a cry just to keep you from laughing.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's really depressing.